Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're joined by the chairman of the Ohio Democrats, David Pepper. Did Shaggy call you Dr. Pepper off the air, David? Okay, for the record, I didn't call him Dr. Pepper. I called him Dr. David Pepper. Uh, And, you know, most people do that as a joke, but it was unintentional. This never happened before. I swear to God, I think I have uploaded podcasts for this show identifying you as Dr. David Pepper, and I've never put it together before. I am sorry, That's sir. Funny. We're just we're going to give you a new title every time you're on the show. Yes. So That's funny. Last night, you and I on uh, on Twitter back and forth during the State of the Union address, which I want to get into in just a second. But meanwhile, can you tell us here on Wednesday afternoon, do we have a winner of the Iowa caucuses yet? Um. I think they hit the seventy-five percent mark uh, a few hours, maybe an hour ago. Uh, I so no, I mean obviously it looks like Buddha Judge a little bit ahead, and Bernie's right behind him. Um, but that still comes down to how you measure it. So I mean, I, I said it yesterday, and, and I'm happy to say it here. I just, I and I thought it for some time. I wish this had got done. I just, you know, this day and age where you care about security and where we all need to have the reporting done pretty quickly, having parties, and I say this as a party chair, I know what our capacity is, having parties try and run elections is just not a good idea. And I just, as bad as it is, if this is the, if this marks the end of having state parties try and run caucuses, uh, you know, to me, that can't happen soon enough. It's just not a, it's just not the right fit. And that's a very complicated task. And most parties are pretty small. And most of the work be done as volunteers. That just doesn't make sense anymore. Well, and, and the caucus process itself is, is unnecessarily complicated at times. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with a caucus per se, as opposed to a primary. And I, I certainly think it lends itself to more retail politics and getting to know a candidate and and for a couple of years iowa is is really unto itself and and candidates can spend more time there going door to door and shaking hands and perhaps that's a good way to make a name for yourself in a state like iowa but but at the same time i I think we've seen for several caucuses now on 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 both sides both republicans and democrats i mean rick santorum got screwed a few years ago that the caucus process is just not perhaps the best way to kick off the electoral process. Yeah, and, and you know, the, I, it's better to get it right um, than obviously get it quick. So I actually think what happened to Santorum is even worse. I mean, to run around for two weeks where Romney thought he was the winner and Santorum was totally was a loser, I mean, that, that kills the campaign. Here, you know, I know they're, they're, they're at least trying to get it right, but either way, it's not good. I mean, if you're Pete Bitter Judge, and I'm neutral on all this, but the guy just won Iowa – and he doesn't really get nearly the bounce that, let's say, Obama did in 08, where the entire nation watched his speech, and it, it they basically he never looked back. And he raised, as we know, a lot of money from people watching. So this this really, you know, I think was pretty unfair, the top vote-getters, and uh, actually really, I think, helped uh, Warren and Biden 
Well, we didn't do quite as well because it's not viewed as, as you know, people are questioning what really happened. Especially so Joe Biden, uh, who who came in fourth place so far in, in, in Iowa. I think I think Joe Biden obviously getting the benefit here. And and to a certain extent, perhaps some of the, the elders in the Democratic Party who may be concerned about a Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren candidacy, uh, this this allowed them a little bit of cover for a couple of nights in every single candidate in Iowa was able to take the stage before 11 p.m. on all of the network news shows and claim victory. It's it's the ideal uh, result for for Democrats. Everybody got a participation trophy on Monday night. Yeah, I, so I don't know about that. When you some are suggesting it somehow was intentional, I think that it uh, it you know I do think what it does is it basically pushes the beginning of the primary cycle into New Hampshire then. South Carolina, Nevada. I mean, it, it it is sort of a mulligan. And again, if you did well on, in Iowa, that's not fair. And if if you didn't do so well, that's actually helpful. Um, by the way, one thing I want to say on what you said earlier: you can have retail politics of all sorts and have a primary. This is just a matter of you know how are you how are you actually you know counting the votes up? Do you want right. a a fully professional you know and even state governments as we know make mistakes but if you throw it all into a volunteer effort i just think that vote counting process is gonna is gonna be a problem and we saw that now here's and here's especially when you when you have an unsecure app designed by by people who used to work for hillary clinton i mean you're just asking for problems yeah and and by the way this is the part that i think is more worrisome iowa is probably because it goes first the one that's the best run you know, later in the cycle, you're going to have all sorts of states. Now, a number of states have moved in the last four years from caucuses to primaries, but you you have other states where there's not nearly enough attention. There's not nearly the same amount of attention. They could very well have problems that we don't even know about. I mean, there was a I'll never forget in '08 in Texas, the big Obama Clinton primary. I'll, I remember seeing a story where they didn't have enough volunteer. They didn't have enough people who had volunteered to run the caucus. So they would just leave the packet at the front of the room and say, whoever gets here first, you read the instructions, you're running the caucus. <laughs> it's just, what can, what can mean, go wrong? <laughs> exactly. So it just, like, it just isn't, you know, in the days where you didn't need results the next, you know, within by 9 p.m. and you didn't worry about people hacking elections, you know, it's one thing. I just think that the sooner we move, and my attitude as a DNC member would be to say, hey, if, you know, because this is one of these issues where you, you get in trouble if you try and tell every state what to do. But I would say something to the effect of, if you're going to insist on having a caucus, then you're going to be either a May or a June date, and you're not going to be up front where so much is riding on it, or you're gonna, your delegate totals going to be a lot less, which is something states care about. But one way or another, I just think that, that this is clearly a, a wake-up call, although there have been ones before, that it just isn't an idea that, that despite there's sort of a romance to it in the past, it just in the end is, is not really feasible. I mean, a, a, a state party, both a Republican and Democrat, our job is to, root, to recruit candidates and get voters out and try and win. To say, oh, in the middle of all that, you also have to just go run an election. It's just an entirely different sort of mission. And I just think it's, you know, we can talk about apps and who did what. In the end, though, I think that it's a deeper problem. It just doesn't make sense in 2020 to be 
to be having state parties run these things. And what's going to be interesting uh, as the, the contest continues in, in 2020 is to see how important the, the retail politics we talked about in Iowa will be, because you're right, you can't have retail politics in a primary state. New Hampshire is a good example of that, but it's right. it's more difficult in a state like, like California uh, or any of the Super Tuesday states where you have multiple states voting in a primary on the same day. And there are some candidates this year, like a, like a Michael Bloomberg, who have chosen not to go that route with Iowa and New Hampshire and instead are just sinking a ton of money into TV spots, and and it may pay off, and that could change the game long term forever. Yeah, and, and you know I don't mind having small states early, although I do think it's it, 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 we also need to make sure we have diverse states early um, because I, I actually like the idea of of you know on the ground you actually are meeting people up close. I think that is healthy, but but I you know I, I think we we do need to as a Democratic Party at least think about how are we what's the order of which states because when you're a diverse party you think that early states should also include the diverse well states. And, and that's been but one I of the that's and that's been one of the criticisms of Iowa going first as well is that that there, I've seen on multiple cable news shows uh, some pundits from the Democratic Party saying that as a result uh, you know uh, uh, Iowa is ninety one percent white and. You didn't uh, wind up with a, a diverse field of candidates being able to emerge from from Iowa, but I think you're wrong. You've got you've got a gay man, you've got a Jewish man, you've got a Native American woman, and you've got an old white guy. Those are the top four in the party. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. Uh, I, I will say that that um, we we definitely have more diversity in what's left than than most of the Republican fields have looked like. But I do think that. The, the DNC needs to have a conversation about uh, the idea that the first couple of states are so you know not diverse is in the end a problem. Now, now you know we, we voters in the end are going to make up their mind, and we're seeing even with Joe Biden, you know, Joe Biden gets a lot of African American support. Uh, so it's not as if everyone is simply voting based on on race, but it it to, to keep to keep. Um, the the core of the Democratic Party in so many places are African Americans. Like they're obviously, yeah, but but you can't be upset arguably, about Cory Booker and Kamala Harris not making it out of Iowa. It, no, it could just well, be that they're bad candidates with bad policies. Yes, but let me put it this way: to make you know, both were are good candidates. Um, to have them have to run the gauntlet when when they obviously one of the one of the uh, their assets would be potentially you know adding diversity to the ticket to make them run the gauntlet of saying, Hey, you only get to get to a diverse state. If you succeed in two states that aren't at all diverse, I just think that's something we should think about that. That's, that's at now Obama did it obviously. Uh, but to say to the candidates, Hey, you have to actually perform well in states that aren't at all diverse, even though the party is and one of the attributes you bring is you add diversity to the, to the top of the ticket among many other things. You're basically making them go through a, a, an obstacle that others may not have to go through. Now that's not true every time, but I do think you know to to to, to have it and to have it be automatic that it's always those two states. It, it it I just think again, like the caucuses, it's it's dated, and I think you could easily see. You know, people have been saying Michigan, I'd say Ohio, put some states in there that that have diversity that reflect the diversity of our country, of our of our party better than the same two every time that that clearly do not and i don't think that's you know in the past no one wants to bring that up candidates don't but it it's at this point kind of obvious 
that that's something that we should think about and talk about. Chairman David uh, because, Pepper of yeah. the Ohio Dems is on with us now on News Radio 1370 and 929 FM. Before we get into the State of the Union, you mentioned Ohio and Michigan. Do you think do you think Ohio will matter when our primary comes around on St. Patrick's Day? You know, I always thought it would, and after Iowa, I think it definitely will. I think we're going to play the role. You know, in 16, we had a big impact. Hillary Clinton had just lost Michigan. Uh, she and Bernie battled it out in Ohio and a few other states. That was a big night for her. She won here decisively. She won, I think, Illinois and a few others. Um, and I think going into 2000, um, I'm sorry, going into March, the same thing's going to happen now. I think that, you know, I think the the first four states look, look like they'll be a little muddled. My guess is Bernie's the favorite in New Hampshire. Who knows about Nevada? Then Biden's in South Carolina. Then Bloomberg sort of comes into these states. My guess is you're going to have a muddle up to Super Tuesday, maybe some people pulling away. But in the end, it's going to, you know, all of a sudden we're going to be voting in Ohio during Super Tuesday. I actually think we're going to end up seeing up close whoever's left. Now, I, I think the field will winnow. If you haven't, you know, come close to winning in the first four or five states, I, my guess is you, you, you start thinking about dropping out. But I think those left. Just like in 08 and 16, in 2012, this was true for Romney and Santorum, I think Ohio's going to all of a sudden emerge as a major prize. And, and in some cases, potentially a tiebreaker for candidates who are going to be pretty even. During the uh, State of the Union address, President Trump highlighted Ohio several ways, talking about the war on the opioid crisis and uh, highlighting some individuals who have who have risen to the top from our state uh, uh, in Opportunity Zones. General McGee with a, an amazing story last night, but also highlighting the blue-collar boom and the, the economy around the country, especially here in Ohio. Obviously, you would disagree with some of the, the, the numbers that the president put forth last night. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I really uh, I love the, uh, the, the recognition of the Tuskegee Airmen at 101 years old. That was That was awesome. Um, and I'm from Cincinnati, so I enjoyed seeing a Cincinnatian get uh, recognized. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't. It's not like I disagree with the numbers. I'll just tell you what the numbers are in Ohio. Uh, they are not a blue collar boom. I mean, we we actually lost manufacturing jobs in 2019. We lost construction jobs. It was the worst jobs year since 2009. Um, the jobs that were gained are generally lower paying. Uh, service jobs and the jobs that were lost are the higher playing blue collar jobs. I mean, ironically, uh, Trump was speaking yesterday on the anniversary of the closing of Lordstown. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.